بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد my brothers and sisters to conclude the khatira the fajr reminder on Usman ibn Affan radhiallahu there are some matters that I must mention one is the false accusations that are made against him by the enemies of Allah, by the enemies of Muhammad sallallahu and the Sahaba and the enemies of Islam. And that is, there are three accusations that are made on Sayyidina Osman bin Affan radiallahu One, that he, they accuse him of not participating in the Battle of Badr. They accuse him of uh, running away uh, in the Battle of Uhud. And they accuse him of not participating in the Baytul Ridwan, which is the bayah that Rasulullah took uh, in Surah Hudaybiyah. Now, uh, those of us who study the history of Islam, we know these accusations and we know the uh, answers to these accusations, which are uh, which are which are answers given by none other than Abdullah ibn Umar, the scholar of the of the Sahaba and the great Sahabi himself and a person who knew Sayyidina Osman who personally um, and who was a, one of the favorite students of Rasulullah Let's see each of these. First of all, the accusation that Sayyidina Osman did not take part in the Battle of Badr. It's, it's not just an accusation. He did not take part in the Battle of Badr. The question is, why did he not take part in the Battle of Badr? The reason he did not take part in the Battle of Badr is because he was expressly ordered by Rasulullah to stay home and take care of his wife Ruqayya bint Muhammad, the daughter of Rasulullah, who was on her deathbed. She was terminally ill, and Rasulullah told Sayyidina Osman to stay home and take care of her. And he also sent Usama bin Zaid. To help him. Usama bin Zaid says that uh, Rasulullah sent the father of Usama, Zaid bin Haritha from the battle of Badr after the battle had been won and he said that my father came to inform us of the victory when we had just completed the uh, janaza and burial of the daughter of Rasulullah who passed away in that period. So this was obviously something which Sayyidina Osman who stands um, completely innocent of. It's not that he did not participate because he didn't want to participate. He was ordered not to participate. And again, as we know, the Battle of Badr was never meant to be a battle in the first place. Rasulullah just went with a small group of people to raid a caravan and uh, because this was the established practice of the time and also that particular caravan of Abu Sufyan was a caravan which was <coughs> which had been made up with the confiscated looted belongings of the Muslims so they had a right to um, they had a right to that caravan uh, so it was never meant to be a um, meant to be a war. Yeah, it turned out to be a war, and so on. That's a long long story. 
Second accusation of the Battle of Ahad. Now, there are two versions. One version, of course, is that this uh, accusation was made by um, Ubay bin Salul, who was the first person to actually run away from the Battle of uh, Ahad, taking away with him 300 soldiers. So, he was uh, the major culprit. But being the head of the Munafiqeen, he was doing his job and he was leveling accusations at other people. And one of the people he, re- he leveled an accusation at was uh, Osman bin Afan Now, some people say that there was a man called Uthman who uh, left the battle to collect, uh, who, who left the uh, the place of, uh, you know, where Rasulullah had placed these archers. So this man called Uthman, who he was, he left that place and came to collect the spoils of the war. Uh, however, the explanation that is given by Abdullah and Umar, he said that whatever happened on that day, when the battle was, when Khalid bin Walid came with his cavalry from uh, between the mountain of Uhud and the little hillock, which Rasulullah had protected, when the archers on the hillock left their places, Khalid bin Walid at that time he was not a Muslim, he came through the gap with his cavalry and he routed the Muslim army. And many people, it's not only Sayyidina Uthman, if, the, if he was one of them, Allah but many people in that uh, immediate shock of having enemy cavalry behind them, um, enemy cavalry behind the infantry in medieval warfare was a sentence of death. It was slaughter. There was no way that infantry soldiers could save themselves except by running. And that also, most of the time, they didn't escape. I mean, they, they, the, 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 the cavalry soldiers, obviously, they are riding horses. So, they you know, caught up with them and they killed them. But uh, people, it was, it, it, was, it, was, it was like a reflex action. People just ran. And if Sayyidina Uthman Radhi was one of them, Allah knows best. However, Sayyidina Umar, uh, Umar, uh, Abdullah bin Umar Radhi he mentioned two ayat of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically forgave those people, whoever they were. The first one is uh, Surah Al-Imran. There are two ayat, uh, three uh, of, of Surah Al-Imran, uh, 152 and 155. Uh, in 155, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Halim. Allah said, those of you who turned back on the day the two hosts met, that is the battle of Ahud, it was shaitan who caused them to backslide, which is to run away from the battlefield because of some sins they had earned. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed has forgiven them. Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is oft forgiving and most forbearing and most merciful. Um, in the other ayah, Surah Al-Imran again, uh, Ayah 152, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لِيَبْتَلِيَكُمْ وَلَقَدْ عَفَا عَنْكُمْ 
wallahu dhu fadlin 'alal mu'minin allah said and indeed allah and allah in, did indeed fulfill his promise to you when you were killing them your enemy with his permission until the moment you lost your courage and fell to disputing about the order and this is what nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had told them and they were disputing and disobeyed after he showed you the booty which you love among you are some that desire this world and some that desire the hereafter then he jalla jalaluhu allah subhanahu wa taala made you flee from them your enemy that he might test you but surely he jalla jalaluhu allah subhanahu wa taala forgave you and allah is most gracious to the believers so abdullah bin umar radhiyallahu anhu said that allah subhanahu wa taala forgave those people and if usman bin affan radhiyallahu anhu was or had been one of them then we have the quran to say that allah subhanahu wa taala forgave him and if allah subhanahu wa taala forgave him that's the end of the story there is no need for anyone to say anything about it the third matter which is an even worse and even more false accusation and that third matter has to do with uh, baitur ridwan where they accuse him radhiyallahu uh, anhu uh, usman bin affan radhiyallahu anhu they accuse him of uh, not being there and not taking the oath of allegiance to rasulullah sallallahu now this is a very uh, ridiculous thing because rasulullah sallallahu when he camped in hudaybiyah he realized that the people of makkah and then the makkah sent people to say that they are not allowing allowing them to come for umrah and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam wanted to assure them and say look we are not here to fight we have no weapons with us we have not come for battle we have just come to make umrah and so allow us to make umrah and we will go back now to do that he first asked um umar bin al-khattab radhiyallahu whether uh, if he could go and do it said so, umar radhiyallahu said ya rasulullah if you give me the order of course i will go but i have no protectors in makkah i have my my tribe is very small there are nobody there and uh, they will not listen to me so why don't you send usman bin affan radhiyallahu because usman bin affan radhiyallahu was a <coughs> was a powerful man uh, he was uh, he was uh, you know somebody who Uh, had a lot of clout in makkah he was from the banu umayyah from the aristocracy of the of the uh, people of makkah so he was he had status he had protectors you know people who would give him protection he was a big businessman he had business connections with all of them and so on so they said why don't you send him nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked sayyidina usman to go he went and uh, he, he he was supposed to go and come back in a day or two he went and he uh they wouldn't let him go he stayed interesting thing is that they told him and uh, uh, the men when he went there uh they said to him the khurais said to him that uh, you are free to do umrah right we will not allow muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam to come and the people and his people to do umrah but if you want to do since you are here uh, you are free to do umrah we will not stop you sayyidina usman radhiyallahu said that if rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not doing umrah i will not do umrah so he stayed in makkah but he refused to do umrah now is that if that is not a mark of loyalty then i don't know what is so now he got delayed because they didn't let him go so he got delayed for a long time and a rumor was floated that sayyidina usman radhiyallahu has been killed rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then stood up and he went to the camp of banu najjar 
who were his were his family from madina among the ansar and he sat under a tree there <coughs> and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that tahta shajar and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this and he sat under this tree and he took the oath of everyone to fight for uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and rasul sallallahu and the sake of islam uh, un- until this matter is solved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this Baytul Ridwan and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَاعِيُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ فَعَلِمَا مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ فَأَنزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَثَابَهُمْ فَتْحًا قَرِيبًا Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with the believers when they gave their bay'ah, their pledge to you, O Muhammad sallallahu under the tree. He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knew what was in their hearts and He sent down a sakina, tra- calmness and tranquility and peace upon them and He rewarded them with a near victory. Then, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُبَايِعُونَكَ إِنَّمَا يُبَايِعُونَ اللَّهِ يَدُ اللَّهِ فَوْقَ أَيْدِيهِمْ فَمَنْ نَكَثَا فَإِنَّمَا يَنْكُثُوا عَلَى نَفْسِهِ وَمَنْ أَوْفَى بِمَا أَحَدَ عَلَيْهُ اللَّهَ فَسَيُؤْتِيهِ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا Allah said, Verily those who gave the bayah, the pledge to you, O Muhammad Wasallam, they are giving the bayah, the pledge to Allah. The hand of Allah is over their hands. Then whosoever breaks his pledge, breaks only to his own harm and detriment. And whoever fulfills what he has covenanted with Allah, he, Jalla Jalaluhu, will bestow on him a great reward. Now, this uh, pledge was taken. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took the pledge uh, and he, in the case of Osman, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself, he raised his right hand and he said, this is the hand of Uthman. And then he put, he put his right hand into his left hand, which was, which, which was his own hand. And he said, I am taking the pledge on behalf of Uthman bin Affan. Radiallahu. Now, not only can Uthman radiallahu not be accused of not taking the pledge, the reality is that the whole pledge was taken because of Uthman bin Affan. Radiallahu. So, Baitul Ridwan, the reason for it, the cause for it is Usman bin Affan radiallahu. Had it not been for the fact that Usman bin Affan radiallahu had not gone to Makkah and had not got detained there, there would have been no pledge. So, that is the first thing. And second thing is, Usman bin Affan radiallahu has the unique distinction, the unique, unique fadila, the unique uh, superiority that everyone took their own pledge but for Uthman bin Affan radiallahu, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam took the pledge on behalf of Uthman bin Affan radiallahu. So obviously Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu is not to be blamed uh, in any way for cowardice or any such thing that they try to blame him for. We of course know uh, how he passed away. And again, long story, I won't go into it now, but we know that he passed away at the age of about 80 years old. And he was killed while he was reading Quran. He was fasting. That that previous night, he saw Rasulullah in his dream. And Rasulullah said to him, Today you will have, you will make iftar with me. He said, You will break your fast with me. And uh, he, uh, and that's what happened. Uh, they killed him. 
while he was reading Quran and the and his his pure blood fell on the pages of the Quran that Quran is is preserved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused it to be preserved and it is in uh, a museum in Turkey we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla to enable us to learn about the sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and to love them and honor them because this is a sign of our iman the sign of our iman is we love those who Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam loved and we do not abuse them we do not criticize them we do not talk against them because that would be doing it against the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself ya'adu billah wa sallallahu ala nabiyil karim wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ya rahmatullahi